I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that, out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Thank you again for uh, checking in on uh, Cabby Presents. Appreciate the love that, um, that you guys are, are showing to the show, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook, all that goodness. Another scorcher in the city. I love the city. I just love the summer. I just need the summer to pump its brakes. Again, I'm on that I'm on that crusade to have the summer pump its brakes. We we just we there's just a murderous winter in Canada. And if you live in Florida or in Texas or in California, I know you guys are blessed. Okay? You have the sun all the friggin' time. But for us in Canada, we only get it for three months. And uh and we appreciate all the white short wearing young ladies out there or ladies out there. Um, that's a wonderful thing. So I'm switching it up today. Um, it's not, uh, you know, as you can see on the listing, or if you're listening to this on uh, TSN Radio 1050, um, another, uh, t- on today's show, is a very, very old friend of mine. In fact, a guy that I went to university with, we become f- close friends, and he's the first one in our crew to go become a television host or a reporter in the U.S. And that's a big deal for us in Canada because, you know, America's like our big brother. And, you know, in an odd way, like when we get validated in the U.S., then it's like we become a, become a bigger star here in Canada. So, like, when, like, Jim Carrey becomes a, a massive star down south or Mike Myers, they're even bigger in Canada. I don't know really, I'm not really sure why that is. And, you know, more, more recently, you know, with, like, music artists, there's, like, you know, Nelly Furtado and... Nickelback and you know Celine Dion is like the biggest ever and you know uh you know obviously there's Justin Bieber and there's Drake um and you know we just it's just weird you know how it Cardinal Official uh it's weird how that happens with us but you know maybe it's just an inferior inferiority complex but anyway a very good friend of mine who has done what I've done in the sports world in the entertainment world so we're going to exchange a bunch of stories about some of these big, big stars, uh, some embarrassing moments, some fun moments, and I hope you guys are entertained. And he joins me in the studio. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give you all the answers. As I mentioned, a very good friend of mine joins me on the podcast his name is Hus Madhavji. Yes. I've known this dude for probably 20 years. Oh, not 20 years. 15 years. Is it 15? That's, you know what it is? Since 96. Why are we? But we don't have to say the year. So you want to take this again? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. And start. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> As I mentioned before. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so Hus and I, uh, is Hus uh, made the transition from television host to actor, and he made it pretty seemingly, uh, seamlessly, which is very impressive. And the first of my friends to go work uh, as a Canadian to go work 
in the United States. I hope our American listeners aren't uh, upset with that. I know, like, you know, we, we've sent some pretty talented people your guys' way. Yeah. Starting with, like, Jim Carrey. Well, I guess before Jim Carrey, but Jim Carrey, Mike Myers. Michael J. Fox, yeah. he was Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Uh, we sent you Pamela Anderson, and I know you guys appreciate that. Hugh Hefner certainly appreciates that. Yeah. Uh, and Rachel McAdams, Ryan Gosling. Right. The, like, Ryan Huge. Gosling is massive. We sent you Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis we sent you. Uh, we sent you James Cameron. We sent you James Cameron. We sent you the like the 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 director who's made the two biggest movies in the history of movies. We sent him to you. We also sent them Eugene Levy. Yeah, we sent you the biggest eyebrows in the history yes. of like not since Groucho Marx <laughs> had have eyebrows like this been seen. You're welcome, or been America. Recor- yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> you guys are welcome. So we sent you Husmet Havji, who yeah. uh, worked in uh, Sacramento for for a couple of years and. Uh, Right now, he's acting on a show called Saving Hope, which is on what American network? NBC. It's on NBC. Right. And it's a hospital drama, but with a little, it's kind of got a supernatural twist to it, right? It does. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It has like, yeah, the, guy, the guy's in a coma, but he's aware of his surroundings. So, I, I'm his neurosurgeon, his socially awkward gay neurosurgeon. Oh, that's, a, that's your, what's your character's name? Shahir Hamza. Dr. Shahir Hamza. Dr. Hamza. <laughs> yeah. I used, to go, I used to go to school with a dude named Hamza Ishmael. And I where I saw him I was like Hamza, like I, that's how. And he's like, he, and I, you know, I think he's actually a doctor. He's probably but, socially awkward. Is he gay? Uh, I don't <laughs> think he's gay. He might be social. He was socially awkward in high school, which I don't think you were. Were you ever gay? Did you? No, not gay. Socially awkward. Yeah. Did you ever have an awkward face, dude? I think every teenager has an awkward face. You think so? Did you have an awkward face? <sighs> I did for sure. I did. I don't know if I, I, I think my awkward phase, because I used to, like, I moved around a few schools. Okay, that's So right. when I was, like, the new kid, that's when it's, you're kind of, you're, you're awkward for, like, the first couple of weeks, or the first week until you find, like, a group of friends, and you might stick with that group, or then you might, like, veer towards, like, the cool dudes, or, right. like, the athletes. I and, recently got out of my awkward phase about a year ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not even joking. That's not true. That's totally true. Come on. I now Who's? feel like I'm in my skin. I feel like I'm, yeah, I feel good. What do you okay? Well, how, okay. Well, how did you break out of your awkward phase? I, uh, I because I'm doing what I want to do. I think that's what it is. See, you're not when you're confident and you feel like this is what I want to do. Then all that awkwardness and the insecurity is gone. I don't know, man. I but people are there are still athletes and entertainers that are still insecure. That's why they have to like, I don't know, surround themselves with either yes men right, or 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 cover themselves with pounds of makeup and. This stylish and that stylist, and they can't just be normal people. They can't They'll just do be every themselves. Substance they can find, right? And that's a way that's to lose. Yeah, that that's a way to lose themselves. But also, like when you're in the public eye, you get like criticized, especially if you're a woman. Like women, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Like women, uh, maybe I was talking to you. I, I don't know, but like something something like Instagram, right? Or or like Pinterest. Like women check out other women so and they critique them so harshly by what they just on based on what they're wearing or what you know or what you know or how they look in what they're wearing and you know and then obviously they're dudes like we judge women like crazy women do have it it's true yeah but all the th- the other thing is is that everyone wants to watch women women want to watch women men want to watch women agreed you know like what I mean? as as beyonce wrote who runs the world girls who runs the world girls, girls. Who runs the world? Okay, that's the end of that. 
So okay, so who's <laughs> so talented? Yeah. Man. So so who's uh, so so for the people who haven't who haven't followed your career, right? Um, you're a kid from London, Ontario, right? Which is two hours west of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and you went to high school there. And then we met at Ryerson University. That's correct. And uh, we're, I don't think were we I don't think we were in the first were you were we in the same first Our group? I think so. No, the core group, yes, but the yeah. first class. Remember your first class in first year, like day one, university. Like doing the frosh stuff, like all that stuff? No, like the actual first class. No, I don't think so. I think... I remember my actual first class. Yeah, you weren't... No, wait a minute. We took American... Did you take American Lit with Was the... that your first class? Yeah. Were you in that one? In the no, lady... I didn't take American Lit. I took the Canadian literature. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, okay. We learned about Leonard Cohen. See, we, we learned about... What was it? We, uh... You guys had Pulp Fiction. I think you studied Pulp Fiction. No, no, no. And... We studied, uh, we studied uh, On the Road, like Jack Kerouac's On the Road. Oh. We did uh, Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. We did um, The Scarlet Letter. And we did... Uh, oh, yeah. We did Dr. Faustus in second year, I think. Yeah, Faustus was... Yeah, with uh, Rex uh, Southgate. Yes, that's pretty pretty good. Our, our fir- like, uh, so our, a good friend of ours, Adnan Verk, who works for ESPN... He would. He has the most brilliant. Him and my friend Ari have the most brilliant memories, and Verk more so than Ari because Verk can recite conversations and he can Im- impersonate anybody. Yeah, that's true. So in our in my first year, my first class at Ryerson, um, it was American literature, and our teacher looked like Throw Mama from the Train. The Mama from Throw the, Mama. The Mama from Throw Mama from yeah, the Train. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a dated reference for some of you who are like who's twenty-two. Also, who's also Goonies. Yes, she, she, yeah, she was the mom in Goonies. Goonies yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and something I can't remember that actor's name, but anyway, so uh, that's what she looked like. And the point of the story was, on my first, the first day, first class, it's like eight. It starts at eight ten, and it's like a, I don't know. It's a Tuesday. It's the Monday. It's a Tuesday after Labor Day. At eight fifteen, in walks our friend Randall Thorne, our, aka RT, Same. and and I, and so. This guy walks in five minutes late on the first day of school. And RT, for those who don't know, he's a black dude. I'm a black dude. So I'm like, I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, I can't believe on the first day of friggin' school, this guy is late. Like, how are you perpetuating the stereotype on the first day of school? He's still late. He, I know he's still late. Is like, he supposed to be on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Anyway, so so uh, uh, after after the, the weird thing about Ryerson was like in our first year we t- we Hoos and I both studied radio and television. There were like 140 kids. There are five black kids, five Asian kids, five Indian kids, 75 girls, 65 dudes. Like everything was like by the number. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it was you know but our our uh, you know we made the best of it and and uh, we've had some successful cats come out of come well, out of our. We've all kind of stayed in touch too, which I think is kind of cool. In our group, yeah. In our group, yeah. Um, so, so you had, okay. So you were the first one to um, take that that journey down south, like many people in our program aspired to do. And how did you land the your gig in Sacramento? So my first on air job ever was in Winnipeg, Manitoba, as the entertainment anchor reporter. And I just wanted to be. On, I just knew I wanted to be on TV. I was like, I want to be on TV. I want to be on TV. And I sent. Like the worst demo reel you ever. could ever. I'm talking stuff from grade 11 was on this demo reel. <laughs> like it was terrible. From high school? Terrible. Really? I had stuff from like, do you remember our award show? Yeah. The Terra Awards? Yeah. 
the television and radio. How is, first of all, how is the word and and part of the accent? <laughs> I don't know. T-A-R-A. Anyways, so I had everything um, on this on this demo reel, and, um, and I sent it all over the country. And Winnipeg was the first one that, that accepted it. I went to Winnipeg, and I spent two years there with actually another two um, TSN guys. Uh, Jay Onright was also there, and Brian Mudrick. That's all- crazy. So at your station... Yeah. Brian Mudrick and Jay. So what did what did Mudrick and Onright on, on do at that? What was the name of the station? Uh, it was the A Channel. A Channel. A Channel Winnipeg. A Channel Winnipeg. Yeah. So you're there in what ninety ninety eight? No, 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 no. We were still in university. Oh right? yeah, right. So two thousand one or two thousand two? Two thousand one, I think. Yeah. Two thousand one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So got there and uh, uh, and I was just doing my entertainment thing and the the news anchor that was there, this guy named Paul Boyd. Six months into it, he was like a cool dude. He was like rolling out with myself and Brian like all the time. Uh, so after the news, we'd all go hang out. But he had a U.S. agent. He'd already hooked it up. And his U.S. agent got him a gig in New York for Inside Edition. Oh, wow. I know. It was massive. And he was From making, Winnipeg like, to New York. From Winnipeg. And Winnipeg, you're making like not even 30 grand, okay? You're like, you're not making. Like, you're, you're making basically what, uh, like, I think a, a manager at Tim Hortons would make more than you guys at that time. I think so, yeah. It was like, it was abysmal. And Paul went from this this type of salary to some like, like six figures. It was it was huge. Yeah. It was like a massive, massive jump. And uh, he was the guy that said, you know who, so I think you got something, like you're doing really well. And he said, you really should come down to the States. And so he helped me put my demo, he didn't even have to do this, but he helped me put my demo reel together. He sent it to his agent and then she found me. Um, a gig in, in Sacramento. Okay, so for the people that obviously watch TSN, they know Brian Mudrick and they know Jay Onright. And you right. just said you and Brian would be out on the town. Out on the town. So you yeah. guys would be hitting what? Earls? We and hit Earls. We Joey. Hit, yeah, so we hit Earls. We hit uh, the Tijuana nightclub. Have you been there? You've been there. You I run. Think I, no, no. When, I've, been, I've been to Winnipeg a few times, but I don't know. I don't run Winnipeg. No, let's. For those of you who don't know, let me tell something. Cab runs. You run the country. No, I don't run the country. Every That's ridic- city, that is ridiculous. Every city you go to. I have friends in a lot of places, but I don't run any. I have friends at. I'm tempted to grab your phone right now. I don't you haven't you categorized your contacts by city? Yes. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Well, whatever. I mean, uh, that's just me. I don't know. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I run. That's just how I organize things. Right. My city. Okay. So, so you guys. So there. So it was, it was Joey. It was Earl's in Tijuana. That was Tijuana. The, and there's a joint called uh, Empire Nightclub. I don't. And, is that one of? Is that one? I wonder if it's still there. I'm not sure because the guy that was running it was a guy named Sabino. Who he? This guy took care of us. I don't know what his connections were, but he. Everything was taken care of. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come in, come in. It's taken care of. It's taken care of. You're like, oh my god, Sabino. Thank you very much. So we would, yeah, when we roll around and, and I, I was, like, I don't drink and Brian does a lot. Right. He, he got after it. He got after it. And I was like running, I was taking his little car everywhere. And, and, and so, but Brian, like, he, like, he does well for himself. He does. I've, I've been, I've been out with Brian a couple of times in Toronto. Yeah. He does well for himself. But have you seen, like, are they? The quality? Quality, yeah. You know the what? The quantity is. De- we talked numbers. Actually, it was astronomical. I couldn't. <laughs> I was, Listen, I was, as soon as he gave me his, I'm like, I'm gonna leave this conversation right now. He's like, but you didn't give me. You forgot to. And I ran away. I was like, No, I've, I've seen. I, I know. I've seen a couple. Like we've been a, a couple that. Uh, yeah, he's got skills. He's got skills. I I don't know about Onright. I haven't. I haven't been out with Onright, so I don't know what his level of game is like. So yeah. What, I, so okay. So now okay. So. Mudrick, Brian Mudrick was your running. He was your road dog. He was my right? dude. He was my dude in Winnipeg, for okay. sure. Yeah. Now, Jay Andre. Jay Andre was doing the morning show the whole time. 
Oh, so he couldn't really get go, get out that often. No, so he would come out just a few times. But he, at the time, was dating the news director. Uh, what an in. Think about that. You're dating your boss. Right. So then, so you get all the good gigs. Yeah. You should so get the most TV time. He got, and he was, to be honest, to be fair, he's very good at what he does. Like, he was really, he was doing the morning show. He was really funny. He was able to engage, like, doing all sorts of interviews. And I didn't even know that he had a huge interest in sports at that time. Oh. But he was really, he was like talking like cooking and talking like plays and, and sports and whatever, like whatever was happening in the city at that time. And then he got a job, I think like seven or eight months while I was there. Uh, he got a job at, it was like the, the, the hockey network. There was like, it was like TSN had like a hockey channel. Yeah, the NHL network. So it's the NHL yeah, network. Yeah, NHL right? network. Yeah. So he was there. He, he was there, did that, and then. Then rose up the ranks, and yeah. now he's uh, one of the faces of Sports Center. Um, so as okay, before we get to, to jump to Sacramento, right. in Winnipeg, who was your like, who was like your first big like celebrity interview? My first big celebrity interview ever um, was a guy named uh, Matt Sedino. He was a he's a soap star. Come on, on but that, like, that was my go big, big interview. That was like my that was my first. You said my first one. Okay, I was but like, go bigger than that. Go like how? Give me household name. Household name. Um, yeah, a lot of them were Canadian. That's like a, that's no. There are some. Well, obviously we listed a bunch: Pam Anderson, Mike Myers, Jim Carrey. But in know. Winnipeg, like a lot of them was like no, but, Winnipeg. So, they, so, so, so these guys would come through Winnipeg that you wouldn't be sent out to. You would interview some of them. Like for example, when Metallica came. Okay, Metallica. That is a, obviously a household, household name. Godsmack opened for them. We're not allowed to interview Metallica. You're interviewing Godsmack. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that. You know what I mean? Right. But I also, I mean, it, at that time, like at that level, like it's like a local television station. So it's like to their discretion, like whether or not that star wants to do the interview or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay. So then, you're like, so, like, okay. So that was, okay. So did you ever get access to any of those Metallica type of artists? At that station? No. Like so, not, like so, not, not who's, that, so who's the biggest per- person, like the person with the most visibility that you interviewed at A Channel in Winnipeg? I think someone like, um, well, I mean, Tom Cochran. <laughs> Tom Tom Cochran. Tom, yeah, he was, he was he was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he he's, he's he's famous. Yeah, he was great. Uh, Tom Cochran. Wait, uh, I'm thinking like of, a lot of Canadian ones. I'm like, thinking of Tom Petty. Right, Tom Petty's massive. Tom Petty is massive. Tom, Tom Petty Cochran, is Tom Petty is running down the road or running down the street or whatever. Is that I'm running down yeah. running down a dream? Maybe yeah. is that what it is? He's free falling. Now I'm free. Yeah. Free okay, that's Tom. That's Petty. Tom Petty. Okay, he's what, a legend. He's okay. like an American rock legend. Okay, Tom Cochran is is a Canadian. Great Canadian songwriter. Okay, Life <laughs> is a highway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I know that Tom one. Yeah. That's like his big tune. That's his big because if, if I know that one, I know that one's big because I'm yeah. not. That I'm was not his into huge hit. Yeah. That much. Um, who else? That uh, the Guess Who? I mean, the Guess Who are, right. are big classic rockers, and they're from Winnipeg, and we chatted with them. Wait, isn't um, oh my gosh, isn't uh, Neil Young from Winnipeg? Neil Young is from Winnipeg, but you never got to Neil Young. Not in, I got I got to interview him in in Sacramento. Ah. and I told him about Winnipeg. Okay, was, please now. Okay, t- tell that story because Neil Young is a is an Neil icon. Massive. Yeah. So. Uh, it was it was like and I he's one of my favorite songwriters of all time seriously like I like I the guy's amazing I'm very proud of him okay okay tell the story uh, there's not much to tell actually I I just I it was like, it was like a cool interview he was promoting a, uh, he, had a he had a film and a DVD what is it the Crazy Horse one or Wild no, Horse no it's called uh, Greendale Green okay 
Greendale. So we, I, I, I got a chance to interview him. I mentioned Winnipeg. And he was kind of like he wasn't expecting it because he's doing an interview in Northern California. Right. And I'm like, dude, like, I spent like two and a half years in your hometown. Like I'm Canadian and like, I, I would spend time in Winnipeg. And he's like, oh, uh, you want to talk about that? I'm like, no, no one in Sacramento is going to give a crap about it. <laughs> <laughs> in Winnipeg. So let's keep going. But I got a chance to see his concert that night. This guy plays like he plays so much cab that the audience is like, we got to go home now. Like, we, oh, really? So yeah. he does like a I heard Bruce Springsteen is like that. Bruce will be put on like a two and a half, three, like a, three hour show. show. Yeah. Three hour show. And that he, dude's like 70. He kicks, Neil Young. He kicks the crap out of the audience. He's like, I'm not done. <laughs> We're <gonna keep> playing. <laughs> I know you hired babysit. You got babysitters for tonight. But you're 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 paying doll, good dollar to spend you know to see me. So okay, so Neil Young is a massive. He, he he's a one of your favorite songwriters. You have yeah. a huge admiration for his talent. So like when you're, have you ever like, and there's a certain expectation or, or a certain hope that you connect with someone who's of that ilk and who's right. had that kind of career. Have you ever been disappointed, or like or like how do you, yeah? Have you ever been disappointed and then? Conversely, have you ever been surprised like your that your your uh, experience went better than you thought? Right. Okay. So this, I would yeah, because I was so excited to interview Denzel Washington when Denzel. you were in in Sacramento. No, this is a, uh, in Toronto because I, so, I and then you went okay. So sorry, actually, yeah. okay. So okay. So briefly, okay. So just get summarize. It goes Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Two two years. Winnipeg two years. Uh, Sacramento. So I was covering Northern California. What was the name of that cha- station? UPN. UPN thirty one. Okay. And uh, I was there for uh, year, like almost two years, like just shy of two years. And then Star called, which is like E Canada. It's like the entertainment. Yeah. It then became E the right. E channel. Yeah. yeah. And they had their flagship show, and they offered me the this this show, and um, actually came here for a girl, which is the worst. Anyways, I took the job. <laughs> I took the job because there was a girl that I was dating at the time, who, anyways, she was here. I said I should. I'm gonna go and be with this girl, and I had lined up the craziest broadcast agent in the states. Like it was huge, cab. Like it was. I couldn't even believe it. And I said no to the lady. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna be with this girl. I'm like, like a, like a total. Wow, dude, you're a movie. Your life's I'm a, a movie. My life's like so embarrassing. Like I just got out of my awkward phase. We really have to talk about. This. <laughs> we won't get into the specifics <laughs> of the girl. Anyways, but so you, but I you, came you here. came, and then so then you're the host of Star. Yeah, for big, three or four years. Uh, yeah, yeah, about uh, three and a half, four years. Yeah. And the show was called Star Daily, and Star the network Daily. was Star, and then it became E, right. which, which is E Canada now. Yeah, and I moved over to E Talk, which is like the country's biggest entertainment channel and all that stuff. So I was doing all that, and I had a chance to interview some big, big stars. Okay. So I'm excited to interview Denzel Washington. I'm like, Denzel's the man. Like, I watched like 90% of his films. I'm super excited to see this guy. And I see him, and it was it was in a junket setting. You've done a junket, right? Yeah. So like, so for the people at home, a junket yeah. is they put a, a star in a room, and they just have like a carousel of 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 uh, reporters and hosts like coming through. Everybody gets anywhere from three to six or seven minutes right. with each actor, and they just you know rotate all these people through, and the actor just sits in this room, and he. They do uh, 30, 40 interviews in a day, in like a span of like four hours. Exactly, and it's exhausting for the. Like I can imagine, it's exhausting for the stars. Like it's like a. They get the. They, I'm sure they get the same two, three questions by over. from every person. Yeah, exactly. So we were like near the end. Oh no! Which was the worst. So we get in there, and I I was asked by my producer at Star to get um, people like celebrities to say Happy New Year because we were hosting the New Year's show as well. So I had to get Denzel to say Happy New Year. To the camera and it wasn't even it wasn't working so i'm talking to denzel doing this interview with him and i feel like the guy's tired 
he's like, he's not really connecting with me, and I'm doing my best. Like, have you ever like tried to like you're a hundred percent when when please. like, like you're just stretching, like, yeah, because reaching cause, inside, yeah, because I, I interview some uh, athletes, and some of them lack a lot of personality. So, which makes my job I, like I find I get, I want to overcompensate for their lack of enthusiasm or right. energy. So then I get crazier and and more animated and try to get a smile or a chuckle or something out of them. So I know I, I, you, something you got to work for it. You got to work. So I'm working for it, and I'm down to my. And this is like. We had like I think four minutes, four and a half minutes. What movie was he doing? It was um, what was the movie called? It was the one where uh, he filmed it in New Orleans. Uh, oh, it was uh, the first one. In New Orleans. Uh, the the time travel one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that called? Well, they had that machine, and he could like go see in. The... It was Paula Patton was in it. Who's uh, so hot? She's Robin so Robin Thicke's wife. Oh, oh she's God. in uh, Mission Impossible Four. She's stunning. Yeah, he loves that love... man. What was what was it? hard time? I don't know. Whatever the time travel one was. Want we look it up? Anyway, go ahead. Keep telling the story. Right, so we're down to like four minutes. I'm doing my basic questions that I had to ask him, and then she's rapping me. So I'm thinking I gotta throw in something personality-wise just to connect with him. And I didn't have time because I had to get him to say Happy New Year, and he was really annoyed by that question. I'm like, Hey, listen, Denzel, we're doing this big New Year's show. It's like you know our country's like it's like our New Year's show. It's like Canada's New Year's bash. Do you mind going to the camera and just saying you know Happy New Year's Canada? He's like, Yeah, Happy New Year. Like yeah, but could you just say could you just oh, say it in wow. a way? He's like, hey, happy new year. I didn't even look in the camera. Just sort of. Oh, it was sucks. So disheartening. And to say goodbye at that point was terrible. The movie was called Deja Vu. That's right. So, Deja Vu. So, so now I have to work with him to make it up. So that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I uh, the first time I, Denzel is like one of my acting heroes. Someone who I who I looked up to when I was a kid. And I remember the first time I saw Denzel. I was so nervous. I saw we were at a basketball game in LA. I think it was, in fact, it was the NBA All Star Weekend. It was in 2004. Right. And we're leaving the venue, and I happened to like leave out the VIP exit. And I don't know what, I had no business being there, but I saw Denzel, and, um, and I just said to him, like, hey, uh, excuse me, Denzel, it's my, it's my goal or my dream in life to act in a movie with you directed by Spike. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what I intend to do. And he's like, all right, well, remind me when you get there. I was like, okay, thanks. So I had a good experience. But, but the thing, um, my first man crush, like I, I, have a, I have a pretty good relationship with Kobe Bryant uh, for people who are, who, who are familiar with my work. And I've interviewed Kobe probably 20 times. But my original man crush was a guy named Eddie George. And he was a running back. He was, oh won the God, Heisman right. at Ohio State. And then he went right. to play for the Houston Oilers, then became the Tennessee Titans, and he ended his career with the Dallas Cowboys. In that same weekend in Los Angeles, I was at a party. It was the NBA party. And at this party, like, Ludacris performed, Snoop Dogg wow. performed, and R. Kelly was the closer. R. Kelly closed that? Yeah, and it was, it was like, <laughs> open bar. And, like, and uh, earlier in the day, we just, we just shot an uh, interview with Latrell Sprewell, who was uh, playing for the Knicks, but at that time he was playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves, at his car shop. He was one of the first, like, athletes to have a, a car shop. And he was at the party, and he gave kind of a what's up to my producer, Paul Bromby, my producer at the time. And Bromby was talking to these girls. And Latrell, like, co-signed him, like, what's up, Paul? And he's no. like, what's up, Spree? Bomber did well that night. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm, yeah, so I'm like, I'm just walking through this party, and I see Eddie George, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I didn't want, like, I'd heard that, like, when people go to meet their idols or people who they revere, the experience, like, will never meet their expectation. Right. 
So as I'm approaching uh, Eddie George, I just I didn't even look at him. I just walked past him because I didn't want you that. Didn't even... I, I didn't want that to be ruined. Like I didn't want that. Like the, I put him on this pedestal as this like unbelievable athlete and someone who I who I revered and I loved his, his talent. And right. His, uh, so I didn't even talk to him. You know what? I got a chance to interview Eddie Murphy and I turned it down. Did just for the same, same reason? reason? I I love the guy. Like I love his. Well, I mean, pre ninety three. But yeah, for the same reason, I didn't want to be let down. So what what movie was that for? It wasn't for like Pluto Nash, was it? No, no, no. It was for like was one, one of the clumps. No, or it Norbert. Wasn't a, it was like it was one of those types of films. I'm, I'm like to Daddy Doolittle, or one of those types of things. Yeah, and it was for a junket, and I knew if it was for a junket, like those are such so hit and miss when it comes to interviews with celebrities. They're either like on, they're off. Where are you placed? Are you the first one up? Are you going to get them when they're fresh? Are they get, are you going to get them when they're worn out? It was that whole thing, and I didn't want to take that chance with Eddie Murphy. Wow. So that's crazy. You walked right past Eddie George. That's yeah. your dude. And I remember you talking about him like nonstop in university. Yeah, that, yeah. That and, and, and I remember, and like Eddie was like, he may have been the first athlete on the cover of Madden because it's always John Madden. And John Madden, like Madden is the biggest, it's, I don't know if it's the biggest video game anymore, but it's, it's certainly the biggest sports game right. for uh, EA Sports, biggest sports game in just video games, period. And I think Madden 2001, Eddie was the first one on the cover. And then after that, I think it was Marshall Falk and I think Ray Lewis or, you know, went down the line. And I don't, and I think, and then, then like, Eddie, I think he had a bad season after he was on the cover. Then, like, the Madden curse was born. And, yeah. like, you know, every, like, Michael Vick was on the cover. He had, like, whenever you're on the cover of Madden, then you. Not good. Yeah, you get, you either you have a bad season or you get injured in that. In the, and only a few athletes you- have escaped it. Kill dogs, yeah. No, okay. don't, don't. I'm just saying. You just, Michael Vick's Why a very talented. Okay. Just saying. It was part of the curse. I'm just mentioning what happens okay. if you get on the cover of the... So, okay. So, <laughs> you're in Sacramento. Colin. All right. right. So, yeah. Back to my story. Yeah. So, are, were there any other... Okay. So, so Denzel was the... was the Yeah. Was the story that, that like, was below your expectation. Did any, like, star interaction exceed your expectation? Uh, Beyonce. Really? Yeah, that was amazing. I interviewed her twice for like a long time, like half hour sit down, like really just chatting with her. I thought I would be able to pick her up, even though she was already, I think she was dating Jay-Z at the time. Another date, I'm like, I wonder if wait, I could, the vibe, wait, 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 the what vibe I, was so yeah. smooth. That I was you like, thought, I wonder if I could pick this girl up. What an idiot I am to see, even think that. <laughs> wait, okay, so what, what, was the, what was the situation? I'm going to lift this girl off home. Well, okay. <laughs> like, was she, was she in a movie? Was she in like the Austin Powers movie or was she promoting a record? She's promoting a record. Um, it was the one with, uh, was it B-Day? The one where it's like, she's like the jewels on the, no, that's, that's not. No, the, it wasn't that one. It was, uh. The jewels, I think it's just her name was just Beyonce, I think. Jay-Z has a verse on one of his, his, his Um, songs. so, uh, Crazy in Love. Yeah, that's the one. I think that's the I one. I think that's, uh, I think that's her second record. Or maybe third. Might be a third. So where were you? Like, did you go to Los Angeles for it or did she? So I interviewed her in New York, in New York first. And then I interviewed her again, like, not even a month afterwards in Toronto. Really? Yeah, she came here. And so then, were, you, were you at Star at this point? We're, we're in Sacramento. Star, yeah, at Star. So it was like it was really cool. It was like for they, we did a listening party. So we sat down, listened to the record with her dad. The whole album. The whole album, front to back. Okay. And then Beyonce sitting in this room, like massive room, and you walk in and she's sitting there by herself, and there's like a just like a camera person that's taping the interview, and, uh, and yeah, you get like half an hour. We sat down for half an hour, and then she came here to do. I think she was on Much Music to promote the album because now it's out. And I did the interview again, just like a whole another interview. But we sat down and just chatted. And both times she was awesome, amazing. Yeah, like, she like did, is Beyonce? Is she kind of flirty? 
She's just or, like really like sweet. Do you know what I mean? Like she's not. Uh, she doesn't have like this crazy front. Like she's just very, very sweet. Like a sweet. sweet uh, is girl. her skin butter soft? It's so. Oh my god, she's so beautiful, man. Oh my god. What does she smell like? She smells like roses, <laughs> pink and red roses. She smells like she's, the whole Bath and Body Works store. She smells like Mrs. Fields chocolate chip cookies. No, that's how she tastes. All right, she tastes right. like. Not that we know. I don't know that. Ask Ask Sean Carter. On, on the off chance he's listening, I don't know that. <laughs> so, uh, so that's 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 amazing that Beyonce like Beyonce is like one of the biggest stars in the world. Is Beyonce you, is she the most famous person you've interviewed? Um, like she's up there. I mean, because Beyonce, like I don't know, I don't know who's above Beyonce. Like, I guess Madonna because she's an like Beyonce's not she's not Madonna, but. But no, she's like a, to be, she's I, a legend. Yeah, she's iconic. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, because after a while, there's like a certain echelon, and then it's sort of like, then you're sort of splitting hairs, right? Yeah. So if it's like uh, Beyonce or Madonna or like Britney or yeah, Gaga, like, like any of these types of yeah, then it's all kind of actually. I don't, know if, I don't know. If, I mean, Gaga's really famous. I don't she's know. If she's on, of, she's not. She's not Beyonce's level. No, I don't think she's there yet. She's getting there. How about yeah. you? Give me a story because you have interviewed. Virtually but I I, well. I interview like athletes. Yeah, so but, like, but someone exactly the same sort of thing. Someone that you're really looking forward to interviewing, but then disappointed. The like, first, the looking forward to like the Denzel. first time that happened was a guy named Michael Finley who played for the Dallas Mavericks at the time. I just started this new show called NBA XL. It was on uh, it was on Sportsnet, and my first interview was with Michael Finley. So they were the the Mavs were in Toronto, and I read on NBA.com he's like considered the funniest guy on the team. So my first, my opening question was like, hey, so, uh, you know, I read on uh, NBA.com that you're, like, you're considered the funniest guy on the team. He's like, don't believe what you read. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah. And, but at the time, I didn't see the humor in it. So it kind of crushed me. I was like, wait, so but like, like, do you have like, do you crack like Chris Rock jokes? Or are you kind of more undercover? He's like, nah, I'm all right. Oh, my God. So then it just, it just Pulling murdered tea. my spirits. Oh. oh, it was. Why do they do that? I don't know. Sometimes you got to catch people on the right day. Like some some people have great experiences. Like I have I have great experiences with Kobe Bryant, but I know that my experience isn't the same for every reporter. You've had to work though, no, to develop that relationship. You yeah, have with, Kobe? with Kobe. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that one. Uh, okay, so but let me let me get to Kobe in a second. I want to. So, but I want to like. Here's the thing. So so you've. You've interviewed like you were, you know, you were the face of of uh, the show and this network, and you know you're getting flown all over the place to interview these stars. Right? Have you ever like have you ever had an experience where you got to? It wasn't just an interview setting with with the star. Like, you know, there's interviews like they set they set something up at a studio or you know on the set of a commercial or whatever or like a junket. But have you ever done anything where? you get to spend more I mean with the Beyonce that's like that's unusual that 30 minutes yeah, you get true. like mm-hmm. normally like with an athlete I'll get 3 minutes with a guy Kobe I would get like 10 to 12 minutes when I fly to Los Angeles and I would see him at the practice facility the exception to that was when I got to fly in his helicopter that's crazy that you did that cat that was crazy yeah that was pretty nuts but but for you has there been a, like was there ever a time where you got to you got to conclude, like, do an interview and then get to spend time with someone after that. Um, not at that level. Not at that level. I, I mean, I think in terms of, like, Canadian songwriters and Canadian actors, yeah, for sure. 
but like not not at like at a Beyonce level or like at a Kobe level, like that type of thing. Because at because they ha- you know why? Because when you're at that level and they get they get escorted to to do the interview, and then you do the interview with them, and then they get escorted out. So you're not like there's no sort of time to. You know what I mean? To connect with them when yeah. the camera's off. Yeah. And and you're, you're trying, like, do you ever do this? Like, when it's, when, the, when your camera guy's setting setting the shot up and they're, they're micing you up and everything, like, you're just trying to do this little, I do this all the time. A little small like talk. A, small talk to make sure that when the camera's rolling, we're, like, in it. Like, we're yeah. comfortable and we're good, right? Yeah. But when the camera's off, mic's off, mic's off, then they walk and the handlers are right in and then they're gone. Yeah. See, the thing, like, I have, um, the thing that's tricky is, like, when you see stars outside of, an interview setting and like you'll recognize them and maybe they'll recognize you. Right. And perhaps you've had a great experience with them, but you're not exactly friends. I'll give you an example. The first time I learned a very important lesson early in my career and it was with Vince Carter and Vince Carter was an unbelievable talent. He played for the Toronto Raptors. He had his best, a couple of great years in New Jersey, but he was really, he really put, basketball in Canada on the map. He He was was an unbelievable talent. Yeah. So Vince Carter used to own a nightclub here in Toronto called Inside. And I've had, you know, really good experiences with Vince, like interviewing him. I hosted his, he had a a yearly charity event in Toronto, like a basketball game. And I got to host, I was asked to host that on his behalf. And, you know, but like the first time I, I made the mistake of thinking that we were actually friends based on our interviews because that is a work setting it's not doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be friends so i approached him at the nightclub once and he just kind of shot me down how like i was like hey vince man what's up and like he just kind of kind of blew me off so so i learned a really important lesson early and i was like i like this was like year one at this basketball show nba excel um that even though i have <clears throat> I have a great relationship on camera with someone doesn't mean it translates off camera. And it took and that was it was great for me to learn that then because it saved me from a lot of embarrassment down the road. So like uh for instance like when I see when I see Drake, I've seen Drake numerous times. He's very visible in in Toronto and I actually hung out with him in the most random place was Park City, Utah. No way. Like a few months ago, uh, we were there during the um, uh, the Sundance Film Festival. And we know each other and we're very friendly with each other. And Drake's a really nice dude. Um, and I've only interviewed him once for this, like, just very, very briefly. But I'm, I don't make the mistake that we're friends. And I know that people of a certain echelon, when you're really famous, you see another famous person. Right. And you're like, hey, we're both famous, so like we could talk to each other like we we known each other for so long, but we're not necessarily friends. So I don't make that that mistake based on this thing with uh, Vince Carter, and that it really hurt me, man, because I I was like I was I thought mistakenly that I was a lot closer to the dude, and and it took me until uh, a guy named Kevin Weeks who had this uh, yearly uh, golf tournament in Barbados. Um, shout out to Kirk Brooks, who was the first guy to start planning these, and Stephen Conville, who is running them now, and obviously Kevin Weeks. He had these golf tournaments where he would invite some of his hockey friends to come down. And it was at this golf tournament in 2006, the first one I went to. Actually, I had one in 2005 I went to, but I, I, it didn't really happen 
till 2006 where my producer Dave and I, where we crossed the line, where we were no longer seen as media guys and we were just one of the guys. That's great. So to, we earned the trust. And the guys at the time were, in 2006, it was Rafi Torres and Jared Stoll who played for the Edmonton Oilers and they just went to the Stanley Cup Finals. They lost to Carolina in Game 7. And, all, and at the same, same trip was Ray Emery and Jason Spezza of the Ottawa Senators. And that year, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. So it was almost like Kevin's tournament was a, like, a, like some kind of, I don't know, it was, like a, it was like a blessing. Year before, in 2005, he had Vince LeCavalier and Brad Richards, who just played for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they won the Stanley Cup the, the previous year. There was, a, there was a lockout, but the previous year that the, the hockey was played, they won the Stanley Cup. Anyway. So it wasn't until Barbados, until I earned the trust of, of an athlete. And trust is like the most important thing in our biz. Yeah. And it's all about relationships. And, and I, I don't know who you've been able to form, who have you been able to form relationships with, whereas you could either, you know, either you're taxing someone or you've you've broken bread with someone, or you've been out at a restaurant, or or, or I guess that's I guess that's also breaking bread. But ha- are there actors or or artists who you have made that connection with? Yeah. So I think for me, it's as an actor, it's been like that. Because like I, I mean, you've been in the broadcast game much longer than I have. Now think about it. Like you're. Yeah, I, I guess I started. Well, we both. I, I started so in two thousand one. Yeah, same so, time. So, so did you? Yeah. So, but in that time, so. I, in that, like, when I left, when, when it ended, because Star actually ended, and then I went off, and I was like, I'm going to go pursue acting. I'm going to go do this. Um, I, I, was, I got on a show called Call Me Fitz when we're shooting our fourth season, actually. Like, amazing, which amazing. is on HBO. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, HBO Canada, and then DirecTV, the audience network in, in the States. Um, okay. And stars Jason Priestley. And of uh, Beverly Hills 90210 fame. Fame, exactly. Um, Did you ever call him Brandon? Uh, I never, I never made the mistake. Here's the interesting thing about him: the show is about a guy who uh, he's like a, a car dealer, like a car dealer, and he's like a crappy car dealer. And I play his competition across the street, and he's like, he's had some like, like he loves racing, but he had some pretty bad. He had a pretty bad accident racing cars, and as a former entertainment journalist, I forgot that. Like I basically purged. All the information I ever had about any celebrity that had ever interviewed. So I'm talking to him, and I'm like, so uh, you're really into cars, huh? He's like, uh, yeah. I'm like, have you ever, you know, when was the last? He was like, yeah, I'm kind of into racing. I'm like, oh, cool. Have you ever actually done that before? Like, actually thinking, like, I had no idea that it was big news that he almost died in this massive car Oh, I, I don't even, I don't remember that, but I. It was huge. It was like a big thing. And I remember reporting about it, and everyone, like, it was like scary. That the guy almost, like, you know, he almost, he almost lost his life. But with him, him is great. Like I, I am able. So to- wait, did he make you feel like a jerk for like not remembering? No, I think I don't know if he appreciated it or if he was like, um, <laughs> if he appreciated it or was he just thinking like, is this guy just pretending not to remember? But <laughs> like, <laughs> legitimately, like, purged all that information out of my brain. But he's a good example of someone who's relatively like known, who's got a really big name, and um, has actually helped me out a lot, like getting set up in Los Angeles and just was really like shared some of his contacts and has really, oh, that's really cool. been a great, great guy to, to help me out. So it, your relationship, like if you wanted to reach out to him, you could? Absolutely. Oh, nice. So, okay, so you, so Call Me Fitz was like the first big TV project that you worked on after leaving 
hosting and becoming an actor or transitioning to acting. Yeah, that's like the big, that's like my, my first big sort of break. It was Comedy Fits, yeah. And then, so Comedy Fits is still on, you're one of the, like, your your career is on such a trajectory. Like, you were in, you were, so, and you're, so you did Call Me Fits and then you're doing Combat Hospital at the same time, correct? Uh, yeah. And yeah. Combat Hospital was on ABC in the United States? ABC in the, in the States, yeah. Okay, and it was on Global here. Yeah. So then Combat Hospital, and then you quickly transition into Saving Hope, and you're still doing Call Me Fit. So like you're used yeah. to doing, like having multiple projects on at the same time. Yeah, that's my bare minimum. And if it changes, then it's <laughs> fattier. <laughs> that's Tell me about um, you, man. Tell, okay, so give, give me a story where, where like you're, or toss out some names where, you, where you're very comfortable, some big names where you're comfortable so I, like, reaching I, out. The, 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 the weird thing with me is I've become very close to like hockey dudes and and uh and i've you know like when i first started this podcast like my first 10 or 12 shows were all guys that i had on my phone that i could text and um and i was lucky and i've been lucky to form these relationships over time just like hey i'm doing this podcast you mind jumping on with me and these are like nhl hockey players yeah yeah like that's that's amazing and um not a lot of you know that not a lot of Broadcasters can say that. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true. It is true. And let me explain why it's true. It's true because there are a lot of broadcasters who sit on the desk and will report and will do highlights and they're known. Uh, but they don't necessarily have the access to those stars because they're not out and about doing they're not out and about interviewing because they're at the desk. And the the people who are actually out and about interviewing are reporters and they're reporting in a very traditional manner which is neat which is needed in, in sports of course like you know to talk about trades to talk about injuries and all that stuff you're the only few guys that i know that can disarm i like i like calling it disarming like you literally disarm a player or disarm a name and then break them down and then connect with them because you're actually connecting with them because for you it's about pers- you're, you're sort of pulling out the moments that you have with them yeah right it's about the moments and when you're doing that i think that's why that's why you're able to develop that trust, and that's why you're the only, one of the only few who can sort of jump on your berry and be like, "I'm just going to text this guy and see if he'll do me a favor and do me a solid and be on my podcast." Thanks. Well, like, okay. Well, I mean, with that said, I'm I've never been in, in a position to ask Beyonce out on a date. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've I, never, I, I've never, I, like, I've never vibed with someone who's who was on my top five yo, ever, like f- females. Listen to me, Halle Berry's on your top five, no? Right, but I've, ne- I've never, even, I've never even seen her in real life. Fine, neither vibe. I'm just saying, when you do see her, don't you think you're going to just immediately think you're vibing with her? I don't know, man, because like, uh, when hey, you're- Hallie, my name's Cap. Oh, hi, Cap. In your head, you're gonna think, oh, hi, Cap. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> in your brain, the, the 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 interpretation of that is gonna be. Different. But then, like, I would have to try. You know, when like. You, when you meet someone, you meet someone so famous. You have to like try to like obviously play it cool, and then like you don't want to play it so cool as though you don't know who they are and you're not like impressed by them. But then you want to treat them like a normal person. So then like there's a fine line you got to walk and like and but you also want to be true to yourself. <laughs> so I don't even know what I would say to Hallie. Like I may not like I might just walk past her, but I'm gonna laser beam the hell out of her. <laughs> But I, yeah, but I I might just walk past her. I don't even know what I do to Hallie. Like Sophia Vargara is also in my top five. Beyonce's in my top five. Uh, this actress Rosalind Sanchez, my top five. And uh, rounding out the top, I don't even know why. And did I say Sierra? You didn't say Sierra. Sierra. Top five, huh? 
Yeah. Wow, that's classic. That's my, she's, she is a great interview. Sierra. Yeah. I've interviewed her once, and yeah. I was falling in love. I interviewed yeah. her once in Las Vegas during the NBA All-Star weekend, and there was a red carpet going to the, the Jordan party. And I came up with this, I was on this I, this idea about Ocean's Eleven because we're in Vegas. And I was like, if you could have a, you know, if you could have Ocean's Five, you know, you need your, you need your mastermind, you need your munitions guy, you need your systems guy, you know, you need your, 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 uh, the guy, the, the guy who break the safe. Like you need, so who are all these people to you? And, um, and uh, I don't know what I said to her, but I made her laugh a couple of times. I was like, would you want to be in my Ocean's Five? <laughs> and I'm like, you could be the sexy vixen or something to that effect. And she's like, all right. She's like, but uh, uh, we got to talk about how we break down the cut. I'm like, well, you can have my cut. She's like, okay, well, I'll take 100%. You get 0%. I'm like, if I get to hang out with you, Sierra, and all I'm thinking is I would love to just lick your face. <laughs> But if I, if I could get to hang out with you, Sierra, that, I'm good. She's like, oh, you said it. But she was like, I was falling in love. And actually, just, so, and as she was walking down the red carpet, like Chris Paul, who's now the LA Clippers, he saw that she was coming and he went in, but then he came back out. Like oh, he waited he for thought. a few, yeah, he waited for like a minute, then came back out so that when he came back out, he could like run into Sierra and meet Sierra. Oh my. God. Which is, hey, if you're Chris Paul, good looking dude. You can make it happen. Go ahead. You Go know, ahead. millionaire. Yeah. Like might as well say like get to meet her or whatever. Yeah. So Sierra, was you, when did you meet Sierra? Yeah. She was one of my first interviews at Star. And I had to do the interview in front of everybody, like her entire like crew, like like her. everyone. I've interviewed her twice. Like where, like time. where were you? Like at a dance studio no, or dude, something? No, it was like right in the you know the commissary, like in Much Music, like just on the second floor. Oh, okay, so you're in the Much environment. Much so. environment, yeah. So upstairs, the second floor, it's like super open, and we did the interview there. They blocked. So the so it's like area. a cafeteria, basically. Right. So they blocked out the entire thing. They blocked it all off for this interview, and everyone's there. It felt like a studio audience of just her people. So it was like. And one of my first interviews, like so nerve-wracking. Oh, man. How did it go? It was great because she's great. And I was, uh, you know, in the beginning it was a little tough, but I think I might have actually danced. I, I Just to do uh, anything. Did you dance well? Yeah, it was pretty good. No, we, Were we, you? We kind of danced together. We did a little thing together. Oh, that's she cool. Was, she was played along Did well. she show you the one-two step? Like, everybody one-two step. I love it when you one-two step. Was it around that time? Might have been around that time, yeah. I think you it was... can't get it automatic, supertonic, thing. Funky French. Let me know when you wrap up. Yeah, uh, and the second time I interviewed her was amazing as well. She's beautiful. What an incredible oh, face, Sierra. That that music video ride. That is like yes. Uh, honestly, like <laughs> like if you're on Instagram, people love photos on Instagram. They love photos of food, and I call it food porn. Like people just like love <laughs> looking at like you know pastries and you know entrees just like these delicious unbelievable meals just food like just food like people love food obviously we love women we like oh women. but Sierra there's this one move <laughs> host that she does with her like her abdomen like and it's it's like oh ridiculous and I, I remember that first video came out I, I watched that it I rarely hit replay on YouTube I hit replay probably <laughs> four times what was your worst interview ever the worst one <sighs> I've had some bad ones. Like, so, like, there were two times somebody walked away. Walked away? Walked away. The first one was Mario Lemieux. Hall of Fame, top three greatest yes. hockey player of all time. I was on a golf course, and I'd never met him. And uh, and actually, I have a, so, okay, so I never met him. And um, I was doing this bit about the Hall of Fame. 
And I was like, hey, Mario, if you're, in the, if, you're, if you're inducted into a Hall of Fame, which was not hockey, which Hall of Fame would you like to be inducted in? Great question. He said, golf. And I said, well, can you give people a, you know, a, a taste of your speech? And I was being so animated. I put my arm around him. I was touching him. This, this freaked Lemieux out. He's like, I'm okay, man. Turn around, he walked away. Oh, my and then And then Ty Domi, who was a, a Toronto Maple Leaf, he was a partner of uh, Lemieux, and he was... So he was with, he was in the interview, and uh, as soon as Lemieux walked away, uh, Ty Domi with his giant friggin' head was like, boy, did he blow you off. And, and I wanted to punch him in the face. But you knew he probably punched Oh, he would just demo my <laughs> yeah, whole left side. Exactly. The guy was like a bully. So I was like, yeah, that didn't go according to plan. That was one. But the one I felt the most embarrassed, there are two, two, the one I felt the most embarrassed, and I've never aired this one. I was in Phoenix interviewing Amari Stoudemire, who's now at the New York Knicks. And so, so nobody knows this story because it's never, it never made its air. I was doing a bit about the team plane. And I was, I was asking, like, you know, about playing poker and cards on the plane and how much money he's lost playing cards. And then he just took exception to that about gambling, like, with actual money. And I... I I don't know if he he said he played cards on the plane. Right. And basketball players, athletes in general are competitive. So you're going to play for money. So I don't know why he took exception to me asking about I think I said, have you been contributing to other players' kids' college funds? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> so Stoudemire turns to look at Leonardo Leandro Barbosa. And he's like, What the F is going on here, man? Can you believe this effing ish LB? Get the F out of here with these questions, man. And he just walked away. I was so embarrassed. Like, I felt about seven inches tall. Man. I was, and I was like, What a terrible reaction, though. Yeah, I don't know. And it was going well. And then, uh, like, it, boom. So then the next time I saw Stardomire, I was like, hey, man, uh, I'm sorry if I, you know, made you feel uncomfortable with that last thing. He's like, oh, no, we're good. Uh, You made me look good in the past. I was like, oh, okay, well, thanks. And then we did another interview. It's fine. But, sorry, the update, I wanted to update you on the Mario Lemieux thing. Yeah. So then the next time I saw Lemieux, I again, same golf tournament. It was it was up here in Toronto. I gave Lemieux a pair of those Groucho Marx glasses, like, you know, with the big fake nose and the mustache and the glasses. Of course. And I was doing a bit on aliases. Like, have you ever had to check into a hotel under an alias? And he said, yes. He used to use a guy that got cut by the Pittsburgh Penguins in his, like, rookie year or second year. He would use that guy's name for years. Ron something. So that was great. And then... I recently saw Mario Lemieux in Vegas at Michael Jordan's golf tournament. This was in March. And I was like, hey, Mario, uh, I'm wondering if I can, you know, ask you some questions. I'm doing a bit out here. We flew in from Toronto. He's like, uh, he's like, actually, man, I, I stopped doing interviews. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, no worries, man. No, no problem. And then I saw him like half an hour later when he's just chilling. He's like, hey, Cabby. I was like, hey, what's up, man? He goes, you know, I love you, man, but. I, I just don't do interviews anymore. I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's wow. almost like he felt bad yeah, yeah, for saying no. And, but I was like, oh, cool. Like, A, I didn't th- think that he remembered my name because yeah. I'd only met him a few times. But B, he felt like he needed to apologize. So anyway, so those are the two that went horribly bad. Like, like Stoudemire made me feel terrible. And like in hockey, Yarmir Yager, he's a guy that hates doing interviews with me. I've only done an interview with him like once. He's like, are you going to ask me stupid questions? I'm like, yeah. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what I do. But to and be fair, though, there's got to, I guarantee, there's all those kids who are like, who are working their way up trying to get to 
the pro level, like and whether it's like in, in any sport, they're looking at you. And I think it's like a notch on their belt when you actually interact. I don't know. I, I, I don't know so if that's sure. I don't know if that's the case. I, I'm not like <clears throat> I think I'm so. not like like the, you know, it's I'm not like jo- like Strombo. Like no, yes, Strombo you are. is no, no, no. Like okay, so for those uh, Americans, th- there's there's a host here in Canada. His name is George Strombolopoulos. He goes by the nickname Strombo. He hosts a show, an uh, interview show on CBC, which is the equivalent of NBC, ABC. You know, big network, right? Uh, uh, CBS in, in the U.S. Um, interview style, and like um, I guess it's, I guess the closest thing would be like Pierce Morgan, I guess. Yeah, I for guess for a one on one, it's more it's more Larry King than Pierce Morgan because Pierce Morgan really goes at his guests sometimes. Yeah, and George likes to have a real, um, a real casual conversation, and he's amazing. He's a great, great talent. George is like a standard in our country. So are you in terms in terms of sports? I'm fine, I, but in terms of sports, I definitely think so. Anyway, so Continue. have you have you had a really bad one? Oh yeah, man. Give give me a really bad one. I'll give you. Uh, this, give me a couple. I'll give you a couple. Okay, it's so bad. One was uh, Jim Belushi. Really? And I was like, I should have given you this story instead of the Denzel one because the Denzel one was just a junket thing. But this was like an actual interview that he he was. Uh, he, I think he was he was performing at Casino Rama, this okay. casino that's like close by. Yeah, Toronto. it's like an hour outside of Toronto. Right. So he's performing and he's going to do some bits from Blues Brothers, like him, his brother, you know, um, and Dan Aykroyd. Before his brother passed away, they John did, Belushi, yeah, did, yeah. The, did the Blues Brothers. So he was sort of jumping in, doing this thing with with uh, with Dan Aykroyd, and I was um, I was uh, interviewing. Uh, well, that sounds much nicer. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was interviewing. Uh, I was interviewing him, and um, so we're setting up the interview. And this girl, Angie Capitano, who is one of our producers, was there producing the segment, and she's hot. Like she's so beautiful. Wow. Right. Yeah. So Jim's looking at her, thinking. That's the girl that's gonna interview me. Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> he's getting his hopes up. Yeah, that's the girl that's gonna interview me. And then it it's actually me. And it it just went, dude, like from the beginning. I'm sitting down with him and he's like, So uh you're gonna be doing the questions? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember we're just gonna chat? We'll just keep it just keep it casual, don't worry about the camera. We're just gonna we're gonna chat. How come she can't ask the questions? I'm like, uh well she's she's a producer, she's very capable of asking questions, but I don't like I'm just, you know, I'm the host of the show, so we'll just we'll chat. Let's just chat, you and I. And he was like, not like not at all. It it got so bad that there was a point where, um, do you remember like a while ago, Toronto was plagued with with SARS, and then we had yeah, this, like 2002, 2003, yeah. Right. So we had this concert around like once it was all finished, and like the Rolling Stones were there, Justin Timberlake came, like yeah, it was AC, a massive, DC. it was a massive free concert, free concert. Yeah, I went to that. Yeah. By myself, by the way, because that's how much of a music fan I am. I'm like, I'm going. No one's coming with me. I'm going. I go and uh, and I was like, they. I think Dan Aykroyd came on and he did a Blues Brothers bit, and I wasn't sure if Jim was there or not for that thing. But I said, hey, I saw I saw you guys do your bit. I'm not sure if you were in it, but I saw like the Blues Brothers thing at the SARS concert, and he says I wasn't there. I'm like, okay, fine, but I'm just saying that I saw it. It was great. You guys sang, you know, Dan Aykroyd sang Soul Man. It was really fun. Like it's gonna be a great concert. What are we to expect tonight at the show? Some kind of question like that. He's like, I won't swear, but he was like, hey, a-hole, a-hole, a-hole. You listen to me? I wasn't effing there, all right? I'm like, okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, Angie's looking at me like just. What a douche. <laughs> Angie's looking. She's like, uh, who's still looking good, by the way, entire, the, the entire time. I'm Who, like, Angie is? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> out of the corner of my eye, I'm basically looking at her to reset and compose myself. She still looks hot. That's good. Let's go back to the interview. <laughs> 
Like and, and like Jim like, Belushi's like I mean he had he had that one show that was on CBS for a while. Recorded Jim, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had a good run. It was good it five good. years or something I like that. I liked the movie K-9. I was a fan of K-9. <laughs> <laughs> I liked K-9. I thought that was a you good You should have reminded him, like, hey, uh, Jim, sorry, Jim, just, sorry, let's just go over your IMDb page, because <laughs> let me just remind you, you're not John Belushi. You're not oh an icon. God. You're his friggin' brother, <laughs> like friggin' uh, Chris Penn. Ooh, Chris Penn's no longer with us. I shouldn't say it, but Chris Penn. That's okay. Uh, I know what you mean. A brother of a, of a higher- Of a legend, yeah. Yes, right, right. I got you, I got you. You're not, like you're like- Charlie Murphy. No, okay, but Charlie, but Charlie Murphy's awesome. But Charlie Murphy's awesome. Charlie is awesome. Jim Belushi is not awesome. Like it's like it uh, was just it was un, you know what it is? It's unnecessary. It's like your Sodomite story. It's just like it's just it's unnecessary. What's the, what was the other one? The other one. Wait, how did the, okay? How did it end with with Jim Belushi? It ended fine. It actually fine. I was able to pick it back up. It was just like a massive stumbling block. Which you know you've had. I'm sure you've had that in, in absolutely right. Yeah, if it's massive stumbling. Editing block. is editing is key. <laughs> edit out all the key. bad parts. <laughs> just interview all. Just edit all the bad parts in there that one day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I picked it back up and it was totally fine. Like I, then we were able to get right back into it and just talk about his career. His, he even talked about his brother, which was nice. So we, that that was fine. Um, I did one with uh, this, and I, this was like a huge lesson in live television. So when I was in Sacramento. It wasn't like like you know how you're doing stuff like you're, you're it's all editing right you're, yeah you're taping things yeah and then I rarely do stuff live rarely this show was all live it was all live and this was like maybe my first or second month into this job and I had not done anything like this in my life like it was way over my head like way over my head like I came out of that like it was like a proper boot camp but now like I feel like that's one of my skills it's like my fortes is is doing live because I got my ass kicked <laughs> in Sacramento. But it was an interview with Maria Shriver. Like like Arnold Schwarzenegger's ex-wife? Yeah, so he gets elected and they're in Sacramento. Right, and like that's the capital, capital of Cal- California. Exactly. So Maria's there and we're live. And I'm just like, the, the, the show is basically a bunch of re- live reporters who are in and about town. And they've got different segments that they're doing. And my segment, so it's like, we're at the, you know, you know, Tara's at the Greek restaurant and Ali's over here, you know, playing with these dogs and Hoos is waiting, like, is like camping out to see if Maria and Arnold, like any sighting of them. So they'll come to me. I'm like, I don't see them. Like, you know, you know, come back and check in 30 seconds. But then all of a sudden there's Maria Shriver. She's there and she's being interviewed by, I think it was um, the LA Times was there doing an interview with her. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. We're live on TV. I'm like, okay, there's Maria. Let's, let's go. This is all on camera. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, we're, we're creeping up to Maria Shriver. We, we jump in on the interview, and it's like a serious interview that is, is happening with Maria Shriver. Who and, is and, and wait, and so to give some context, your bits are not serious? Like your bits are like really live. like yours and, in a sense, like, yeah. And, okay, and like, entertaining, and, entertaining and light. Very, very light. Okay. Very light, okay? Like at Star, when I was hosting, it was much more like you're the anchor of the show, you're hosting. Still have those fun moments, but you got to keep it grounded. In Sacramento, it was more like just be an idiot and just have fun and okay. just make good TV. So <laughs> everyone has been asking, everyone had been like questioning Maria Shriver whether or not she was going to move to Cal- to Sacramento because like the show takes place. I mean, it's called Good Day, Good Good Day. At that, when we were doing evening shows, Good Evening Sacramento, which got canceled, and we all got bumped to Good Day, but it was about that region. And they all wanted to find out if Maria Shriver was gonna move, and there's all the speculation. No one had had a chance to ask her this question, so I ask her. So the LA Times finishes this like, so what do you think of the chances of the political blah, 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 whatever. Right. Nerdy questions being <laughs> tossed out to Maria. And I jump in. I was like, hey, Maria, I got a quick question to ask you. What's the deal? Are you going to move to Sacramento or what? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like she's one of your buddies. <laughs> yeah. 
She goes, excuse me, what's the deal? Like on camera. This is all live. So you can't edit this. She goes, excuse me, what's the deal? And to me, I don't know why, but it sounded like she said it in a Jerry Seinfeld way. So I was like, yeah, what's the deal with you coming to Wait. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So wait, you threw back Jerry Seinfeld Jerry at, Seinfeld her? at like her. A, Like a Jerry Seinfeld impression. <laughs> impression. Terrible. Terrible. And she's like, listen. Uh, and she's like, you know, Arnold and I, we're just trying to figure things out. You know, we're very excited about the win. And she gave, gave me, gave, kind of gave me this whole thing. And I said, I see you're, you're off to go uh, to this event for the Special Olympics. She's like, uh-huh. And so her dad actually started the Special Olympics. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I just learned that bit of information maybe three minutes before that interview because uh, one of the reporters, a girl named Tara Moriart- Moriarty, actually, who's a reporter in, in San Francisco right now, gave me a whole little like cheat sheet of Maria Shriver. Wow, I had no idea. I knew just like little things of her, like okay. the fact that she's a, a Kennedy, she's part of the Kennedys. And- she also looks like the Predator. There's that. There's that information, and then she had she <laughs> she had worked at NBC for a bit. And that that's it. Like it wasn't like I don't have her whole life life history. So she's like, yeah, I'm doing this whole thing at the uh, Special Olympics. What else do you know about me? She said that. Yeah. So I'm I'm like, oh, well, I just I know I know that you're Kennedy, and uh, and you know your dad's part of the Special Olympics, which is fantastic, and I think that. Uh, you know, like, you know, just the, the great work that you've done. Just, you know, just... Wait a second. Influence. Wait a second. So she just pumped, like, pulled the parking brake yeah, it in was the like middle of the highway. The it was a slap in the face. And it was... What else do you know about me? It was so... It was so rough. And just like... And I know I would have been able to come... I could, even back then, like that young in my career, I know I would have been able to dig myself out of it. But under the... It was live, dude. Like, it's all being broadcast. Like, all of it's being oh broadcast. Oh, my gosh. So we ended nicely. It was cool. She's like, she was like, oh. So great. wait, wait. So the two things you threw back at her was your dad started the special Olympics <laughs> and you're a Kennedy. <laughs> you're a Kennedy. And uh, I know you're you're married to Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> like, and uh, if I could only fast forward to the future, my friend Cab would say that you look like the Predator. <laughs> now let's go back in time and talk to you. <laughs> wow. So I it was totally fine. At the again, smoothed it out, which was cool. She did her thing. I come back to the station. Everyone's applauding. Applauding you? Yeah. Amazing! What a get! That was incredible! I can't, you're the man! That was huge! I'm emailing my agent that day. This is amazing! Thanks so much for the job! I can't believe I did that. I got Maria Shriver. It was like such a huge deal. The next day in the newspaper, what a joke of an interview. Who the hell is this guy, Madavji, think he thinks he is? It was like, got ripped to shreds in the oh, paper. Oh, no. Ripped to shreds. It was so, oh, what a lesson. It was so, so bad. Like, it was, it just felt like, it felt like crap. And then, the station, for some reason, still loved it. Because the station was all about fun and... Yeah, and the news—it's a very conservative city. It's a very like straight-edged city, and a lot of the stations are very straight, straight-edged. As is the newspaper. So the station loved the interview so much they actually cut a promo out of it, and the newspaper far as back was like, "This station's so crappy that they cut a promo out of this terrible." The interview. same newspaper. Same newspaper. I was like, "Oh man, will you let it go." I hope it doesn't exist anymore. Anyways, um, at the end of the Sacramento run, though, I came out like like a, like I came out like a champion. Like I like I feel like I'm a way better live reporter wow. but because of that that was like a huge lesson so Jim Belushi and Maria Shriver yeah Ugh. two big ones you know the <clears throat> there was uh, you know uh, speaking of big ones there was um, I was working on the Marilyn Dennis show for a year and Marilyn Dennis is awesome she's uh, for those who aren't familiar with her she's uh, a radio host and a television host of a, of a daytime show um, and uh, it's it's geared towards women and I was kind of like the sort of man on the street and sort of like I would, you know, come in on panels and speak about relationships to give sort of the the dude's point of view. Well, one one day their big get was Elton John. It was wow. a big like 
it was in the show. It was early in the show's run. It was the show had been on uh, for maybe three months, and then they land Elton John because he d- did the music for a play called Billy Elliot, and the play was opening in Toronto. And uh, Elton John's husband is uh, David is from Toronto, so anyway, he was coming to the st- to the studio to do an uh, like an hour show, and man, we got so many emails about not approaching Elton John and like. Don't ask for like don't don't speak with them. Basically, don't speak to them unless spoken to. And there was like, this was the weirdest thing about it. Who's was when we were instructed that to when Elton entered the building or entered a room and where you you were in, you were supposed to give him like an applaud, like a standing ovation, an ovation. <laughs> It was laughable. It was laughable. I'm like, this is like, this is the most ridiculous. How I mean, is that? What and, we, and we were speaking about insecurities earlier. And like, I, that's I, crazy, man. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if Elton, if this directive comes from Elton John himself. I like, I'm not. so huge that these people should applaud me. But like, it I is so not. awkward standing in a room. Did you do it? No, I didn't do it. <laughs> I just like, I was like, what? Like, yeah, like you're an icon, yes, but I mean, do I have to like? you know, kiss your ass because you're yeah, this man. huge, like, right away. I don't even know you, dog. You're not even looking me in the eyes and saying hello. Exactly. And like, you're working your way up, man, and it's a circle of life. <laughs> Hakuna Matata right here, That's my dude. That's right. So, but, uh, so, yeah, it was it was so bizarre. But anyway, the, the show went well, and it was, he was, he was kind of prickly. Like That's so weird. You have to applaud. What happens if he walks in, like, to this studio? Like, the two of us have to stand up? And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard the rule of thumb is, the bigger the star, the the greater the a hole the handler is. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, but I've heard a lot of big stars are super nice. Yeah. Like I heard, I heard like Tom Cruise is an amazing dude. Right. And Will Smith is really nice. And like, um, I can understand that though because there, so many people are vying for their attention, so they need they need a bull to protect yeah, them. Yeah. The first time, like, the first time I ever saw Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has this handler, this blonde lady. She is the most menacing shark. She's like 5'5", five, five, probably like 40 years old. Like she, So she prepped everybody in the record. It was the same Las Vegas party where Sierra and Chris Paul were at. Right. They're like, media, Michael's only speaking to one camera. He's only speaking to the Jordan team. Do not ask Michael any questions. She went up and down and made sure everybody knew what the rule was. And when MJ came, he she you know directed him to the to the and even the guy who's holding the mic for the Jordan like the Jordan crew yeah, yeah. he was nervous like his the mic was kind of shaking it's like like Michael Jordan has this aura and it's unbelievable and I I happened to be standing right next to the Jordan camera so I was just looking at Michael so it's like I was enamored like Michael Jordan was like the hottest girl in high school <laughs> I was like oh that's Michael Jordan like I, it's like. Like the, he smells good, and there's his earring, and like, it was so. You know, brush up against him, like the hottest girl in high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just wanted to look you in the eyes the one time, like you just, just smile. Yeah, just look, look at you and smile, smile. Yeah. and then and then you could tell all your boys about it. Who was who was the hottest girl in your high school? Do you remember, like when you were in grade nine? Yeah, I went to two high schools. Um, yeah, there was a girl named uh, Layla Abadi. In uh, she was older. She's so. Beautiful. Of course, she was old. They're always older. The hottest girl in high school is never younger than you. Yeah, she was so hot. She was hot, and she was like a woman. You know what I mean? Like, in my my mind, when I look back at her, I feel like she's like a... But she's probably 17 or whatever she was when I was... And how old were like, you? Like 14, yeah. Okay, so you're like grade 9. 
Yeah, grade nine. I look at her, I'm like, this girl's so hot. She's not, like a woman. She probably has a job, <laughs> husband. <laughs> she probably worked as a server <laughs> yeah, somewhere. Exactly. At a friggin' Kelsey's or, you know, whatever, Moxie's or something. <laughs> whatever existed back then, Casey's. There was, um, I don't know if I ever told you, I probably told you this story, but when I was in uh, grade 12, it was the first time I did this, I did a poll in my high school. Who's the hottest? Yeah, so I, I like I would I called a bunch of dudes. I was like, in your opinion, who are the top five girls at high at our high school? So then the first year I did it, I got like fifty respond, like fifty guys, and I and ranked them, and and this all spawned because I was talking to this girl on the phone the night before, and she was like, she basically wanted me to just pump her tires, like to give her compliments because right. she's like feeling bad about herself. I'm like, Hillary, you're you're hot, like you're blah, 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 all this stuff. I'm like, you know what? Let me let me validate you right now. I'm gonna call a bunch of dudes, and you will make a bunch of top five lists. So then the following year when I was in, you know, at the time in, in Ontario, uh, we, would, uh, we would go to grade 13. And we called it, oh, our, that grade was called OAC. OAC. So in OAC, yeah. we, uh, so I did this poll again. And I had closer to 100, 100 uh, guys. guys. So, like I, and I said I got like mostly guys in OAC, a bunch of guys in grade 11, a few guys. I tried to spread it out so that I had a, a good you know, <laughs> encapsulation, a good representation of all the grades at my high school at Galt Collegiate Institute in Cambridge, Ontario. And the hottest girl uh, at our school, according to this poll, was uh, Tanya Moss. Tanya Moss. Tanya Moss. That's such a high school hot name. Yeah, Tanya. Tanya Moss. <laughs> and Tanya, and like, here's the crazy thing about Tanya Moss. When she was 18, she got pregnant. Whoa. And she was like one of these super religious, like, like go to church like on the weekdays. Wow, it's like that movie Saved. Right. Yeah. She's like one of those types. And like, it was a massive, or like when, when that, when that news hit, we're like, whoa, like Tanya Moss, like the hottest... <laughs> And like it was, it was some dude who was like seven or eight years older than her. I'm not exactly sure of the of the details, so I don't want to disparage her. I, I think she married the dude and all that kind of stuff. But Tanya Moss, she was, she, she was, was older. No, actually, that was the rare exception. She was In a year grade. younger than me. Oh, you're younger than you. Wow. Yeah. But she had it, and she just had. You realize a, what you did that little poll thing? Zuckerberg did the same thing, and made Facebook, and is now a multi billionaire. Why didn't you capitalize on that? <laughs> Why didn't I? What? Dude, you know what? And you, you know, ahead of the curve. I was ahead of the curve, <laughs> yeah. and like, and the, the day that I let the I let the results out was because uh, <laughs> I printed them up and I had like league leaders <laughs> and like I had like the leaders for each grade because I had all this information. It was like it was unscientific but kind of scientific. Do you remember in university we had meetings over the top ten or our lists? Right, we top had 10 girls. Yeah, we had what we called the elite the list. The elite list. There were yeah. four girls on the elite list. Right, 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 right. And then there were like one. There was like one girl who was like borderline elite. And they, and would, they kind of they would try to trade up. They would kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending yeah. what they were wearing. Yeah. But there would be full on <laughs> lunches, meetings about the elite. Yes, list. and that's that's how <laughs> we spent a big part of our childhood was just yeah. talking about girls. So so yeah so uh, yeah Tanya Moss like uh, yeah there was um so uh, uh the one. I'm gonna ask you this before we 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 get out of here. There was uh, I I just saw something on online about Ryan Lochte, who is uh, an Olympic swimmer. He's Michael Phelps's nemesis, right? Right. And he's beaten Michael Phelps a couple times so far at this Olympics. Michael Phelps really like he's amazing. He he became legendary in 2008 in Beijing, and in 2012, it's kind of the icing on the cake. Yeah. So Ryan Lochte was uh, interviewed by this woman this this women's magazine. Um, and he was asked five questions about women. And since we're on the topic, I'll ask you these same questions. Okay. The five questions that were asked. Okay. 
So as as I espoused earlier about my top five, Sofia Vargara, Halle Berry, Beyonce, Sierra, Sierra, Rosalind Sanchez. Who's on your top five? My top five. Um, I, so I have I have a little bit of overlap with you, dude. I have uh, yeah, Halle Berry, Beyonce, um, Jessica Alba, who I interviewed, and that was still man. Nah, she was great. I thought I thought I was vibing with her as well. <laughs> Wait, Again, did you, wait, did, did you ask head. her out? No, I didn't ask her out, man. Are you kidding me? It's just soft. Like, oh, wow, so soft. Terrible. So that's three. Um, there's a girl named Priyanka Chopra, who's a Bollywood actress. Yes. Okay, Dope. I'll, I'll throw that in there. Who's the one that Jeter, who's, Jeter, Jeter used to date Miss, like, Universe. I believe Ooh. she was from, in, what was her name? Because he was, he was with Halle Berry as well. No, that was. Uh, he was with Jessica Alba. He, he was, was with, with Jessica all Alba. the Jessicas. He was with. Alba. Uh, Simpson? No, sorry, not all of them. Alba. Who's, uh, who's uh, Timberlake's chick? Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. Um, Jordan, Jordana Brewster. Jordana Th- Brewster? Yeah, she was, in one of, she was one of the Fast and the Furious movies. Yes, yes, she's cute. Uh, who is this girl? Mika Kelly, Mariah Carey before she went crazy. Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey, like in her prime. I think I was saying about David Justice. He was with Halle Berry. Yes. That's right. Yes. So, okay, so um, here are the, so it was Women's Health magazine. Okay. So, I'll ask you these five questions that were asked to Ryan Lochte. I'll give Ryan Lochte's response, and then you give me yours. So the first question was, when you, see, when you see a woman you want to meet, you, Ryan Lochte says, make eye contact. Some guys keep staring, but I'll just give a wink and come back later because it keeps her thinking. That's cool. Okay. So when you see a woman you want to meet, you, who's, Madhavji? Like current, right? Yeah, you right now. <laughs> right, not, yeah, me right now. Not you in like 98. Like you yeah, right I'm now. I'm away 98. <laughs> <laughs> Go the other way. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I look at them. I don't give them a wink or anything. I look at them and I probably flash a smile. And then and at that point, I kind of just see what happens. And if, it's, if it smiles back, then I'll, then I'll go in. Okay. Uh, what are you? Let me ask you. You? You see a woman you like? You? I, no, I, I laser beam. I'll stare like... Like a creep ball? Like 100%. 100%. Like as though I was a, a dude in a white van at a playground. Like, yeah, like it's, it's, it, it's gets, it gets really bad. Uh, what confuses you about the opposite sex? According to Ryan Lochte, who is an American swimmer, uh, it's impossible to know what they're thinking. If I could have one superpower, I'd be like Mel Gibson in What Women Want, where he reads women's minds. Yeah. Uh, it's communication for me. That's what confuses me because they'll say one thing. It's like it's never straight with them. They never say exactly what, what they, they mean. mean. Never. And that, if it's bothering them, like no one. It's like if I'm if there's an issue, I'm like, Cap, this is bothering me. Like it's not gonna be like, all right, fine. <laughs> that means yeah. Is everything okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. What no, that, I'm fine. Doesn't mean you're fine. Exactly. Exactly. So why don't you just tell me instead of I have to friggin' dig like I'm Indiana Jones and go find <laughs> find the treasure, which is the source of the drama that we're having this friggin' relationship, and I'm hating my life, and I just want to go hang out with Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, okay. So three. Uh, they say uh, you're very stylish, which you are, Hoos. Um, how important is it for a guy to have fashion sense? According to Ryan Lochte, Ryan Lochte says it's really important. It's all it's it's how your personality comes out. I don't have a set style, but I try not to dress like everyone else. Yeah, I think style is very important. I don't think I think it's good to have your own your own style, and I think it's confidence in whatever you're wearing. So just because something is in style, like red jeans or whatever, are fashionable, like. If you are not confident wearing that or comfortable wearing that, don't go out. Right, I agree. You know what I mean? Like hipster, com- that hipster slash geek chic is very trendy. 
Yeah, but if you're cool wearing it, go nuts. Like if you're confident wearing it, wear it. But you got to feel confident in the clothes that you're wearing. But you also have to have. I think a lot of it's grooming in terms of style. Like as long as you're groomed and you're you're put together. As long as you're put together. Because when you think about a woman, when she's put together, it's like. It's insane. Like, yeah, she lo- she looks like a beacon of light. Exactly. I like mean, you're looking into the sun and you have to blink because your eyes can't take it. Even beautiful women who are not put together are still beautiful. But when they are put together, it is like just like you want to sit down and just kind of look at them. And, yeah. Right. So I imagine the same would be for guys. When you're put together, be put together well. Yeah. Now, when uh, What do women look hottest in? Ryan Lochte says, one of my long sleeve button down shirts. Good line. That's a great line. Uh, and that's all. The second sex- sexiest thing, white jeans. Shout out to Ryan Lochte. That is great. White, white jeans. jeans. White oh. jeans and white shorts. I'm all about, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on a crusade, crusade about white jeans and white. If you have the body to rock it, you should wear, rock it. Yes. Wear it every day. What is it with white? That I don't know. So Just the, nice. Because, like, because when you wear black jeans or black, it kind of, like, it can, black, it hides things. Yeah, yeah, it hides. That's why a lot of, that's why it's popular. That's why guys, girls, we all, we wear black. Cause yeah, it, makes it, it's, it hides some of your, you know, some of the more yeah, the softer, softer, <laughs> softer edges. Right, right. Uh, what do women look hottest in, according to you? Uh, women, look, women look hottest in, um, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, uh, that's, I, gray uh, jogging pants look pretty hot. Lululemon? Yeah, Lululemon. But just like really casual. Nice. I like I, lo- I love open toe shoes. That's your thing. Open toe shoes is what your thing? open toe shoes, dude. Why are you looking at me as if I'm crazy? I think like that's and some your nice thing. and some nice nail polish. That's your thing. His thing. Ryan Lochte's thing is a girl in my dress shirt, which is an amazing line. Yeah, it's a I'm great line. I'm trying to steal that. I I'm saying something casual. Like Lululemon, so we can see the shape of, you know, we can see the shape. <laughs> and I like the gray because I just feel like it's, it's just super, I think it's very casual and and cute as well and like down to earth. Your thing is open toe shoes. Open toe shoes, dude. Not like, oh, a halter top. Not like, I don't know, nothing, none of these things. Not like a. I love, listen, I, like open toe shoes with some nice nail polish, manicured toes. Like they I have agree. to, it has to be on point. A nice pair of shoes, a nice pair of heels. I feel that, and I, I'm with you all the way on the manicured toes because I think feet can't be jacked up. Right. It's like that scene in Boomerang. It is, yeah. and I, and I know exactly have, where you're going. Yeah, you Go can't ahead. have hammer time on your, on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> Last one is, you're surrounded by dudes constantly. Be honest. Do guys swap sex stories? On the show, Saving Hope, you play a gay doctor. Yeah. And I imagine most of the doctors in the hospital are, are men or are, are most of the cast are they men no it's, or it's, very, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's totally it's mixed. like 50 50 50 50 for sure okay, so maybe you're not surrounded by dudes all the time but your boys do you swap sex stories ryan lochte says yes yeah i've shared sex stories with you yeah and i thank you and i've enjoyed them thank you because it, it's like you you live vicariously vicariously through your boys i live vicariously through you what are you talking about i, yeah, I mean I sh- you haven't given me a good sex story in a couple years, actually. It's been it's been a while, but the ones that you have given me have been legendary. Thank you. I'd like to point that out. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. So, uh, Saving Hope, it's, first season is is wrapped. First season is wrapped. We got picked up for a second season. Amazing! Which is Congratulations. And Call Me Fitz, uh, fourth season starts shooting in October. And so when? Se- so the fourth season starts shooting. In, so when is the third season has already had its run? Third season is going to air like in a, in a month. 
On HBO. Uh, HBO H- Canada, H- here in Canada. And DirecTV in, in the States. In the U.S. And then wherever else. So then when is, uh, when is Saving Hope starting to shoot again? I don't know. I think it can March, maybe. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Saving Hope is on NBC and CTV. You can watch episodes, I'm sure, on Netflix or on demand. You know, you can, you can see it. You can see it. It's online. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's great. It's a fantastic I'm sorry episode. that we didn't get into more of your acting stories, man. I'm no, this is great to actually share those stories. And I can, I mean, you know what? I'm happy I got a chance to get rid of some of those terrible interviews actually on the mic. It's, it was a little cathartic. I think, oh, okay. I, think I needed to. <laughs> Held on to like crap for a while. Well, listen, <laughs> uh, enjoy your weekend, Hoose. Thanks, man. Uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Hoosem, H-U-S-E-M. Uh, you can follow his thoughts and follow his, his life and, uh, you know, become a fan of his show. And if you want to hit me up, it's at The Real Cabbie. Uh, it's been my pleasure having you here. Thank uh, you Speaking much, with you man. and, and swapping you. stories. I, I know we can do it again because we've only, the tip of the iceberg, I mean, I could go on for days about some of the athletes that I've interviewed and some of the cool stories I've uh, I've had and I'm sure you can as well. Um, but good luck uh, with uh, Call Me Fitz and I'll be sure to be watching. Yes, sir. I'm Cabby, along with my man Hoos, and I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. 